Howdy, everybody. It's the Keychains Podcast. Uh, my name is Steve. And I'm Ryan. And so this is Wednesday, not Friday or Saturday, which we normally record, uh, because I went to a game convention in uh, Worcester, uh, not Worcester, that's Rhode Massachusetts, Island. in Warwick, Rhode Island. I went to Captain Con. Uh, Ryan did not go because nope. uh, I don't revenge. It was it. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my parents were killed by a convention, a traveling convention that ran over them. Oh, yeah. gypsies. Yep. I think they called it a circus or something. I don't know. Oh, all right. That's fair. Uh, so that was neat. This is their uh, fault for standing in front of the trucks, but. True. Uh, so. <laughs> That's some very mild revenge. I'm just not going to participate in your event. Like, oh, oh, darn. Wow. You really showed us, man. That dish was served cold. All right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, so there were no Keyforge events at uh, Cap- uh, Captain Con, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, there was plenty of Keyforge being played, though, which was super cool. Uh, just walking around random tables, saw people playing stuff, uh, considered asking them about it, but uh, let them play their game instead. Uh, picked up two new, three, three new decks. It, it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, we played a lot of games, but I only ended up playing like one game of Keyforge and got my face stomped, which was fun. So, and then we didn't play this week because of inclement weather. Uh, yeah. So if you had, you know, if you have any clue, we're, or we're both in the Northeast. That was rude. I shouldn't have said it that way. But if you've picked up on the clues that we've, we've placed, we both live in the Northeast. So we, we caught the, the worst part of that, that storm. Uh, but we did play two weeks ago. Yes, and we did. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. So what did you end up doing while we were there? Because you and I didn't. We probably played like one game together that whole night. Because uh, there was a lot of people for once. Yeah, there was. Uh, we had what? Th- I mean, it's a lot for us. Um, I mean, you know, other people, people. It may not be that impressive, but yeah, we had. Uh, yeah, we had seven. Um, and so like people were trying to rotate. Well, no, we didn't have seven at first. We had six because um, myself and the woman I was playing against, um, we finished our game, but then the two other pairs of people weren't done. They were like halfway through. So we're like, all right, well, let's play another one. And so this awkward, like, all right, we're done ours. They're not done there. So I guess we'll wait again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of a bummer, but, but it was fun. It was great. Um, no, it was fun. She had some good decks. I was trying to, so with the idea of doing like a reversal tournament at some point, uh, in my, in mind, which for those unfamiliar, reversal tournament is where you bring your deck and then your opponent brings their deck and you swap and you play the whatever best of three with your opponent's deck. So the idea is you bring the absolute worst deck you own to those events. So some of the decks that I wasn't a huge fan of when I uh, initially started playing, I've kind of trying to put those through their paces to see how bad they are, in what ways are they bad, because um, I kind of want to know them myself before I try to hand them off to someone else. And it turns out... Um, you know, a little bit of a first world problem here, but all of my decks are mediocre or better. So darn. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I I think that's, I think that's the, the key part of this, this whole thing. I like, there are people who I think really do look at their decks and like this deck is garbage, but I think a lot of it comes down to, I'm I'm sure if you do the math, like it, uh, decks are going to average out as being like what you said, like perfectly playable, but maybe not broken powerhouses. 
it's going to depend on a couple different things. It's going to depend on the strength of your opponent's deck, the style of your opponent's deck, and then you know, like so, if you have a mediocre, even if you have a bad deck, if your opponent has a is a you know has a bad deck, then it's not going to seem like that bad of a deck necessarily. I mean, there are some uh, objective, universal bad quality indicators you can look for. Um, like if it takes you twenty turns to get you know six ember. For your first key that's probably a bad deck but uh it can also come down to how good or bad your opponent might be like you know if your opponent is not that skilled of a player and is missing opportunities left and right then your deck is going to perform better than if uh say it was against a the exact same deck with a different opponent um you know right. you're going to have a different performance thing so it's really tough and even then the different cards you draw at different time in the game like you just might draw the perfect opening hand and then the perfect next card and the perfect next card and like just get you know, the best game that deck could ever possibly have and blow the other person out of the water even though the deck is objectively not a good deck right so it's, it's really tough to kind of get a feel for it like accurately yeah so i'm not going to go too much into what uh how my games went, uh, mostly because we have a lot to talk about today. Um, but yeah. I played uh, a game with uh, one of the people, Pete, uh, where I played an Annihilation Ritual on the first turn. Uh, <laughs> and let's just say hilarity ensued. Uh, I refer well, to let's, it. Let's... Oh, go ahead. Uh, for the audience, what does Annihilation Ritual do? Sure. So Anni- Annihilation Ritual is if it's a an artifact that gets played, and if a creature would go to the discard pile for any reason, it is purged instead. It's an artifact? It's an artifact. <laughs> and yet they named it Ritual. I know. I thought that was a little weird, too. <laughs> uh, but especially given who's made the game and then on top of that like some infamous cards from another game that the person has made uh yeah yeah, the the act of the thought of ritual definitely seems like it doesn't read an artifact to me but it is an artifact and uh a powerful one at that yeah so so every time uh i missed what you said every time a creature would go to the discard pile it gets purged instead correct That's pretty weird. So, and you have that out turn one, unless the other person has a way to get rid of artifacts. That's you, your creatures are all one and done. Uh, it did never left the board. Uh, he had one artifact removal, and it was the uh, Arm of Gorm, and oh, it yeah. was we looked for it at the end of the game, and it was the last two cards. <laughs> nice. So the one option he had, he <laughs> never drew. So. It was, but it was fun. We had a we had a blast. Uh, it it was kind of a really good like back and forth game. Uh, I just the deck that had that has that card in it also has a bunch of shadows in it. Uh, so oh, okay. I had a too much protect, which is if you uh, if your opponent has five or more Ember, uh, you reduce them to uh, you steal all but five. And so I just kept. I only had a. He just kept killing my creatures. So I had a deck of maybe. Including the cards that were played on the table, I probably had a total of 15 cards left. So a little over half of my deck was purged. So most of the stuff I had was actions at that point. So I just kept playing them for Amber, and then he would gain a bunch, and then I would just too much protect it back to me, and then (laughs) just kept doing that back and forth. Uh, So uh, ultimately, I won that game. Uh, I didn't think I was going to win just because of like how ridiculous that first turn play was. I was just like, do you want to have this game be a spicy game or do you want it to, you know, 
be a little bit more relaxed. And he's like, no, we should just go full on spicy. I was like, all right, my turn. Annihilation ritual. <laughs> so, I like it. so it was a good time. It was a good time. So the biggest of news uh, dropped this week. Uh, they had a surprise stream yesterday with an interview with Richard Garfield. And uh, I know, you know, we've both been kind of busy this week. I actually had a bunch of time to go back and sit through and, and rewatch the the video. And I took down a, a bunch of, took away a lot from that, that stream. Uh, did you end up getting to watch it at all? Uh, no, I was swamped this week. So I'm going to be uh, exposed to most of this stuff. I, I've seen some spoilers, you know, going uh, through Twitter a little bit here and there. Um, but for the most part, this will be largely new to me. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. So uh, FFG has released information about their next set uh, coming around the end of Q2. They said uh, the their kind of guideline time frame is between April and June. That seems like a good time for to release something like this. Uh, I'll explain why as we go through a bunch of the details. But, uh, you know, that's still a few months away. So you still get plenty of time with what you've got going on uh, currently with Call of the Archons. But so the name of the new set is called Age of Ascension. Uh, if you go on their website, you can find uh, the you can find the the video and all the details there. But we're going to like cover a lot of the stuff at at a, a medium level. Uh, so I guess we'll just start with that. They're going to release a new starter set with, uh, called with, uh, age of Ascension. Uh, it's going to have two sealed decks with no beginner decks in it. Uh, the token sheet is going to be smaller. So the keys will be smaller. Uh, I, there was a lot of complaints about the size of the, the current token set and how big the keys were. So with this being really, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were fine. Yeah, I, I guess know. a lot of people were just con- like they couldn't fit them in deck boxes. I mean, even when I oh, was trying to do okay. stuff, yeah, that okay, that's fair. I get that then, because yeah, because then you since they did the stun cards and the power cards, you kind of throw everything into like a little deck box. It would be perfect, but if it doesn't fit, yeah, I get it. Right. Uh, so speaking about the stun and power cards, uh, they've been replaced with tokens as well, uh, which I think is nice. Maybe a good reason to buy this set again, but. Uh, I have other plans uh, for my tokens, so I I probably won't do this. Uh, I'll probably buy this to get somebody else into it, though. Yeah, and see, I was smart because I held off on getting the starter. Uh, Not that it was available, but I held off on getting it and just got four random decks instead and have been using those educational cubes. So now I have another opportunity to get a better starter for less money because the price point's lower too. Yeah. Clocking in at $24.95 instead of a hundred I mean forty dollars. Hundred dollars. It's it's like a hundred on Amazon now. Oh yeah. It's like eighty sure. to a hundred dollars on Amazon. Yeah. This is a dig at the secondary market. So uh the other thing that it's gonna come with is two poster style playmats, which is super cool. Um I am not I, my personal feelings on this is I don't like paper play mats generally when games come out with them just because of how folds work and it becomes this big uneven mess and it's just never i never find it to be a fun experience i agree so i guess we should just move into a little bit about the set itself uh so i think the first thing i want to mention is there are no new houses in the set uh they have mentioned that they are very interested in printing new houses as uh the sets go forward but 
uh, there will be no new houses in this set. Another thing that they are saying about the set is that all decks are going to be compatible with all sets. So this set, Age of Ascension and Call of the Archons, are going to be still completely compatible. There's nothing that's, you know, there's no sets that are going to rotate out of uh, rotation. Okay. Straight from Richard Garfield's mouth. Uh, if you go watch that video, he says that in the video. So when you say compatible, you mean like in terms of tournaments and stuff. If you go to a tournament where you bring decks, it's not going to matter that you have a deck from the first set. Right. Like they're hoping... That's still going to be fine. So their reasoning for this in the video was that since these decks are pre-constructed, you can't take them apart. They can print mm -hmm. things at you know they can print things as they they need to, so you never have to worry about the power curve kind of getting a little out of control because they're right and and they because the decks are pre-constructed they can actually you know play a deck from each set and then be like oh so this seems like you know this this is where the these powers differ things like that yep. um so, so if if it comes that uh you know like people are worried about those turn one turn two kills where you can draw through your entire deck they can start printing cards at common that can do something about that like gain an ember every time your opponent draws a card during their uh what the heck is it the main phase what the heck is three. that called step three yeah it doesn't they don't have phase. they're just steps step one two three four Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, so so I mean, they can yeah, they can bake answers into uh, into future cards and stuff. Which would be yeah, and interesting. It, and it seems like they've done a little bit of that already. Uh, so in terms of the cards, it's going to be another three hundred and seventy card set. So the first set was three hundred seventy cards. This set's going to be three hundred seventy cards. However, they're being split up in a very interesting way. Two hundred and four cards uh, of this set are new cards to keyforge so they're gonna have you know their new mechanics for the most part uh you know things are being switched up on existing mechanics stuff like that and then they're gonna have 166 reprints that uh are gonna come to uh the set as well uh based on what they were saying most of the cards are uh that are being rotated out so that so there is a bit of rotation here but that's just mostly in the sense of what legacy cards are we printing in this set um so most of the the cards that are going to be not reprinted in uh age of ascension are going to be commons uh richard garfield's reasoning for that too was you know a lot of people see the commons the commons are you know the most played cards uh but rares become more and more you know We've been playing this game for how long now? Almost two months. And we're right. still running across rares. We're like, what does that card do? Uh, so it'll be cool to see a lot of those rares coming forward uh, to uh, Age of Ascension. Uh, but the other cool thing, and I don't know if you knew this, Ryan. Is that they're going to reprint one of the rares. is going to be Key of Darkness, and I'm going to get it in every single one of my decks and hate it. Uh, yeah, that was in the, the thing, too. He specifically mentioned me by name, I figured. Uh, they actually said that they have a deck waiting for you where there's a Key of Darkness Maverick. <laughs> there's Key of Darkness, Key of Darkness Maverick. There's two Key of Darkness Mavericks. That would be so terrifying. <laughs> it's called Ryan, Complainer About All Things. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I think you can find that. That deck might be registered already. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so the cool thing that they're doing is they are 
going so we talked about those commons that aren't printed in the set or you know they're they're saying mostly commons but they're going to still print those cards in this set uh so they're going to have another card type called legacy which will be a chance for you to get those unprinted cards in the new packs similar to the way mavericks work okay so it's not not a new card type in the sense of action upgrade or anything it's it's another another type of maverick yeah rarity might be a better way to to call it yes okay that's cool yeah so i mean i feel like that's really cool actually yeah i think potentially like key charge may be a thing that might rotate out um i mean they they have not they have not said what's rotating out um that we've seen so far um but i could see key charge being uh, a card that might might you know hit the bricks right now i assume i assume we've seen some spoilers and everything but we haven't got the full list released yet we have uh there is a bunch like if you you if you want to find the spoilers they are out there um i might post one of the spoilers in the show notes we'll see uh depending on on uh what we've got going on here but uh with that uh there are a couple of new keywords i'm going to list them off and then we'll talk about them each individually so there's alpha, uh, omega, and deploy. So the reason why I wanted to do this this way is because they do some interesting things that we might need to get a little bit down deep with. So alpha. When you play a card that has alpha, it must be the first card that you play that turn. Uh, so you, if you want to play that card, it you can't play any other cards before. For that sorry so with wild wormhole for example that's a whiff that would be a whiff so what what happens in that case because i think it's the same as the situation with the was it called the kelfie dragon yeah and uh there's a uh, true baru if you don't have any amber and you right. draw true baru you can't play it uh in kelfie dragon you have to have six ember i think for it to be able to play it correct uh seven yeah seven so what happens when i, I know that you're not allowed to play it, but does it go to the discard pile or does it go back to the top it of the deck? It just goes to the back of the top of your deck. So okay. if you're thinking like in magic terms, Wild Wormhole gives you a scry at that point. Right. And, and I guess for anyone... In your yeah. Um, so for anyone that's not familiar with Wild Wormhole, it's a Logos card that... Uh, it's an action. You play it and you gain an Ember and then um, you reveal the top card. Of, well, I guess, yeah. You reveal the top card of your deck and then you play that card. So if it can't be played, then you just stick with the reveal, the top card of your deck part. Yep. Uh, so Omega, I mean, I'm sure you're all seeing a theme here, uh, can only be played if it's the last card that you play that turn. I see so, what they did there. Yeah, see? <laughs> so if you play the Omega, it ends your turn the moment, the, like once everything resolves, it, it immediately ends that, car, uh, that card's, or your turn. You immediately go right to step four once that card resolves. Right. Yeah. So not it doesn't end your turn, end your turn, but it it moves you to the next step. Right. You want so, to or not. so that's when you don't want to get off wild wormhole. <laughs> yeah, that is not one you want. So so that's where I was talking about. Like they they're starting to print in some things that I think will kind of stop those infinite loop decks. Right. Uh. So because yeah, like if you top deck, you know, you play your library access, you draw that first card, and you play it, and then it's oh, you know, well, well it's an omega <laughs> card. I end my turn. Uh, you know, so eventually you're going to hit those speed bumps when you're doing those things. So that'll be interesting to see. 
Yeah. Um, and then the last, uh, the last keyword is deploy. So up until this point, anytime you play a card that is a creature, it goes on a flank, right? So your left flank or your right flank. With deploy, you can place it anywhere on the battle line instead of a flank. So I guess there's a couple of cards that do this, um, but what I'm gonna the best example I'm gonna kind of like throw out there is imagine if Bulwark had this ability, yeah, <laughs> which would make Bulwark completely overpowered. But it would be that that idea like you play Bulwark next to two creatures you want to protect, and now you've got that. There's a bunch of spoilers out there for it. I just don't have them pulled up at the moment. Well, I've got one one of the ones that you um, put in the show notes here. Uh, we've got Lamindra, who is an elf thief. She is a creature um, from Shadows. She has one power, no armor. Uh, she has Deploy. This creature can enter play anywhere in your battle line. She has Elusive, um, which first time this creature is attacked each turn, no damage is dealt. And then Lamindra's neighbors gain Elusive. Yeah. So you... You put her next to a bull or between a bulwark and a shadow self, and you had a good time. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I actually added this card not for the deploy part. Totally forgot about that being in yeah. her card text. <laughs> I added it for the next point that we're gonna get to. Um. So, so yeah, but but that's a good example of of, of how uh, deploy works. Um. There is another card in this set. Uh, give me two seconds, and I'll go look it up. So there's a shadows card. It's an action called Swindle. Not only is it an alpha card, so you can only play this card before doing anything else in your step, is how it reads. It is also an Omega card. <laughs> okay. Which means that you immediately move to your next step once you play this card. Uh, but it's a, it's a play action that has... Uh, you steal three when you play it. Okay. So that's the only thing you can do on that turn. Yep. (laughs) Interesting. It's pretty much play that card and then that's it. (laughs) Interesting. So in, so if you do have logos though, you can, Oh no, you can't. That would be a total bummer. If you wild worm hold that card, that would suck. Uh, I mean, Uh, that would get four ember swing one off the wormhole and then you'd steal three. That's not, well, you can't, but you can't resolve that. Oh, because it's not the alpha. Ah, yeah, yep. Well then, so that's poopy. So interesting, um, to say the least. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So I think uh, I see in the notes here that your next point was that um, because of deploy, uh, there's a lot of cards that, uh, or at least a few cards that are printed that have um, synergy with their neighbors, and you know that way you can you can impact. Uh, these cards with deploy so for example lamindra that we mentioned she gives her neighbors um elusive so that's pretty cool uh there's another one that you have in here xanthix the harvester is a mars card with three power no armor um xanthix harvester cannot be used while it has a non-mars neighbor and then you can reap to gain one um so that's pretty cool so if you have deploy you can kind of make up for that and then there is Archimedes, who is a Logos creature. Uh, He has Elusive. So up your alley. Yeah, it is. Uh, Two power, no armor. Elusive. 
uh, each of Archimedes' neighbors' gains destroyed archive this creature. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So the the cool thing. Uh, so th- as we were starting to go through those ca- these cards, and and I was looking at all the spoilers, I noticed like everyone was like, or not everyone, but they were they were very much focused on these three new keywords. And as we were going through, I was starting to know notice little things that weren't you know a huge like neighbors mattering is not new to keyforge there was a couple of cards in call of the archons that cared about their neighbors right. like bulwark but yep there there's a bunch more now like there's a lot of stuff be, like you said because of deploy and how powerful like shifting uh the battle line from within the battle line is going to be powerful so adding those those new mechanics or just giving a lot of things this neighbors matter stuff is super awesome. You're gonna have to really, really. So what I what I see this doing is that the games are gonna get very complicated potentially in a good way, very strategic uh, or tactical. I always forget which one of those is the more appropriate one. Um, I think tactical. It's gonna get very tactical because you're gonna need to keep in mind like, okay, well if I kill. Uh, that creature then that one's going to slide over which means that it's going to care about its neighbor which is now a different thing and you know you're, you're like like uh, like let's take lamindra for example like she gives her neighbors elusive so okay i could hit that creature that kills that and then this other creature is going to slide over which means lamindra is going to give it elusive and that's a much more dangerous threat so i really want to get rid of that one first before it slides over next to lamindra so you've got to really pay attention to the order in which you're removing opponent's creatures right it's going to be very interesting it's it's gonna pose a new challenge for sure uh, and, and even for yourself like the xanthix harvester is a good example of it being on the other side of things like okay well i got to make sure that i don't attack with this mars creature next to him because if my mars creature dies then the sanctum creature is going to slide over and i lose access to the harvester yeah so i actually thought about that too uh while i was looking at this when you were just mentioning it, because I didn't notice it when I was looking at the card earlier, but it is while it has a non Mars neighbor. So if this is in the middle of the battle line and you have John Smith on one side and commander Remiel on the other side, you can't use this creature. Correct. And you can't, you can't even, um, uh, so it cannot overrides must. Correct. Correct. So if you use John Smith to ready it and go to you or not John Smith, he's maybe a bad example. Um, there's uh, like sanctum cards that let you use a creature that's out of house. Um, if, if you have a card that tells you, oh, ready and use a creature, well, you still can't use this guy if he has a non Mars neighbor, like right. he's still locked down. So you got to be careful with how you're doing things. Right. It's a brave new world. Yeah. So speaking of that, there is a, well, there's the only way I can really like say this is this is getting much more interesting. So it seems now we're going to be able to chain our opponents instead of just us playing cards on ourselves to give ourselves chains. And the first card that has this that so far that we've seen is called Binding Irons. It's a discard. Um, it's action play. You gain th- your sorry. Let's start that over. <laughs> It's an action play. Your opponent gains three chains. So, yeah. So I was thinking about this in the context of like a normal game because we haven't really played anything other than just straight Archon games. Uh, 
And wow, like handing off three chains, you know, that seems pretty brutal, especially if you can recur this card, you know, Hunting Witch or not Hunting Witch, or Witch of the Eye, uh, which would let you draw a card back. Yeah, think of it like a like a succubus type of thing, too. Like, you know, like, OK, well, so I have a um, uh, like it's kind of like having a temporary succubus. Uh, succubus is a disc creature that um, reduces your opponent's hand size by one. So they or I guess basically they draw one fewer card. Um, so this is kind of like a, a temporary um, succubus, right? Because right. until they get rid of those chains, they're drawing one fewer card anyway. But you then you bring it up to like the tournament scene and people are going into tournaments with decks that are already chain bound, have different power levels, have chains already on them. And this is going to really, really punish those decks even harder. So it really only matters for chain bound events, which are mostly like local store stuff. Yes. So, but, so like world tour stuff that, that that's not necessarily going to matter. Of but course. yeah. I and agree. that was, well, this is one of their stated goals is they really wanted to kind of dissent of uh, disincentivize people from bringing the same deck over and over and over and winning over and over and over. And so this on top of just chain bound by itself is even further disincentive for people to just run the same deck over and over again. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is going to be one of those cards that they only print like, like, what they've said about like bait and switch and stuff like that, where you can only have one in a deck. Oh man, uh, if you had three of these in a deck. Yeah. But, but then like, if you think about it, you can have three miasmas in a deck. So yeah, but think, no. So if you, I mean, and I'm trying to think, so if you had three of these in a deck and you played them all on the same turn, your opponent would get nine chains, which means that they're drawing two fewer and then one fewer. Is that really any worse than, so I, I think, I think that's stronger than Succubus. I think that's worse than Succubus because at least Succubus can be killed. And it's stacking, right? Like you can stack over and over and over again. Uh, like Right, you it, can I redraw mean, them. Like, like if you have three... So again, we don't know what's getting reprinted in the set, but you could have... If you had three of these and then you had something like Nepenthe Seed or Witch of the Eye, which both let you mm -hmm. get cards out of your discard pile, like... You could, you could effectively get, drop this six times in a game and I think really hurt. I could, I, I could see it going into the same category as like bait and switch where they only do one of, I guess it depends on how mean they want some text to be. I'm sure That's it's going to be a rare. So, um, actually, I guess you looked at the card. You don't have a, a link to it. I don't know if you remember it's rarity. I don't. Um, That's fine. It wasn't um, an official, so, like it, I didn't see it. Oh, I actually have it right here. Uh, it's a common wow all yeah. right well that's so, gonna be mean <laughs> so it's gonna be mean the art is really cool though i really yeah. do like the art i can send it to you but uh, or you can find it later but it's a, yeah, it's a dude it. sitting in a throne that's just tied up in chains like these purple, I like it. pink chains it's pretty cool hmm. it's gonna be cool so here was the biggest surprise for me of like the little stealth changes that kind of came uh from their announcement uh there's some really, really interesting uh, Brobnar cards coming out on, in in a manner I didn't expect. So, and th these aren't like weird mechanics necessarily. These are just little things that I, I noticed. Uh, there is a new card coming out. It's a creature called Kulf the Quiet. It's a six power creature with elusive. <laughs> Under Brobnar. Under Brobnar. That's interesting. So, 
So when I first looked at that, I was like, all right, that's really cool. And it's like this giant who's sitting in like a bed of sunflowers, resting his back on a rock, like picking the sunflowers. <laughs> like this really nice, like this really nice scene. And, but it's like six power with elusive. Like, oh, man. It's very idyllic. Uh, my best part is it's the best flavor text in the game and it's just an ellipses. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so then to kind of like go along with that, there's a uh, Lollop the Titanic and it's an 11 power creature. Lollop the Titanic deals no damage when attacked. Oh, okay. So if someone hits him, he doesn't do his damage back. So it's effectively giving anybody who targets him skirmish. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. So it's it's kind of fair to remove him, but he's going to hit like a truck if he comes at something. Yeah, so you want to remove him as best you can. Yeah. Like you could devote a turn to hitting him and he'll go away. But is it worth it? to be fi- right. and, and also to point out, uh, if we're not counting Mushroom Man, who is a two power creature that gains plus three power for every unforged key you have, uh, he is the second biggest creature in this game. Because the Khalifi Dragon is a 12. Uh, so it definitely seems like when they're giving something high power, they're giving it a significant drawback. Well, and if you think of it from like a control perspective, this is going to eat up two, three activations of your opponent's creatures. Uh, yeah. It's going to eat up probably at least two because usually you don't see things bigger than maybe a six or a five. Um, so your opponent, and like you said, the only thing that can kind of one-shot it is Mushroom Man and Kelfi Dragon. So they're, they're going to have to take two creatures to get rid of your own. So that means that you kind of had a two-ember swing there because they could have generated two-ember, but they didn't. Right. So that's not, I mean, that's pretty good. That's kind of what I'm looking for in any card. We talked about that before, is I want, you know, I want at least uh, a two-ember swing off of any card I play. Yeah, you want... If possible. And, and you want dif- difficult decision-making, right? Like... Is it worth me right. like getting rid of the, you know, lollop if you know I I don't really yep. have much to worry about? Like I don't know. And if they if they don't get rid of it, you can still reap with it and get your own ember or yep. remove something nasty of theirs. Like you yep. know, it's it's a even with that that drawback, it's still a really solid card. So the the last thing I noticed is we're starting to see a little bit of uh, a little bit of I guess that Mars or or untamed. Uh, thing coming into Brobnar now. Uh, so there's a couple of these cards. They all have Grumpus in the name. <laughs> and you can, like, they have one card. It's called Grumpus Tamer. It's a four card, a four power creature. When you reap with him, you can search your deck or your discard or and your discard pile for a War Grumpus. So only one. So it's not like Bear Flute where you get multiples or uh, Troop Call where you get them all. Um, you reveal it and gotcha. then add it to your hand and then shovel your deck. So you don't, it doesn't even come out on the table when you play it. But it's a Brobnar turn. You're searching for a Brobnar card. You're probably going to end up playing it anyway. Um, yeah. It'd be silly if you didn't. Right. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So this is a rare. There, There's another card called like Grumpus Wagon, uh, which looks pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it it's that card, I believe, makes your opponent's... Uh, keys cost plus five amber and for some reason and then your amber costs plus five for the same reason no what i remember seeing on it was that if you have a uh, yeah if you have a creature with power five or greater then their key costs plus one and if they have a creature of power five or greater then your keys cost plus one 
I'm looking it up right now. It's an uh, it's an artifact vehicle. Oh, it's Grump Buggy. I'm sorry. That was that's what it's called. And yeah, your opponent's keys cost plus one for each friendly creature with power five or higher. Your your keys cost plus one for each enemy with power uh, enemy creature with power five or higher. So yeah, so like you, like you said, like it that's I was just getting the math mixed up there. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, like you said, like I don't actually think. I think they do have some like key cost increasers, but this is probably their most powerful one. It's definitely brave new territory. So yeah, so then the other thing that they revealed, which I'm excited about uh, being Gen Con bound, is uh, they showed off a bunch of their Vault Tour merch. And man, those playmats, they've <laughs> only showed two of them. They've hinted at more, but... I want that horseman one. Like I don't like I don't even care about the horseman that much, but that playmat looks so yeah, rad. It's really, really cool. Like that's I mean that's my pick. And then the so then Yeah. And then but the scald ones are, are pretty cool too. I like that one. It's like a Brobnar band. Which I mean, is if you like really things neat. that aren't as cool as the other thing, then you know, it's fine. But I prefer things that are cooler <laughs> than the less cool that's true. thing. So then they they also showed off like Vault Tour chains cards, uh, which is something I'm also interested in obtaining because mine have warped for some <laughs> reason, so they are kind of a pain in the butt to use. Um, but yeah, that that's been kind of that was like the 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 big thing this week is just like, oof, they released all this information out and we kind of got bombarded, and now here we are sharing it, and I am so yeah, damn excited it looks- for. It looks pretty awesome. I'm going to be very excited about it. It's going to make things. I mean, like, so oh, yes. so sealed will be, I assume, one product or the other. Uh, I assume you wouldn't mix and match unless they had some way of like blind picking. Yeah. I'm wondering if they will even care, right? Like, I, you might be able to just do sealed where you have, you know, the player comes in and says, hey, what set do you prefer? And you get a sealed deck from oh, that. Yeah. Because it's true. not like the. It's not like it's going right. to change much, you know, like it, or it's not that it isn't changing much, but like, hey, if you're looking for something in that set, like why keep them to one set or the other? I mean, maybe as time goes on, like the, the maintenance of that from the store well, yeah, is going to be, be really annoying. So I, I think the, like, the down or the negative to that is if you only have like, let's say three Call of the Archon uh, Archons and you have tons of the new set and six people want call of the archons how do you decide who gets that one and who doesn't and maybe they have valid strategic reasons for picking those ones maybe there's a, a common that really shuts down some major um other common in the new set and so like they're at an actual disadvantage by choosing um or not getting the uh, call of the archon pack but that's i mean we're kind of getting into right. nitpicky spike mode as far as like i mean if thousands of dollars are on the line, then sure, this is really, really important information. But you know, I, mean, I think the vast majority of the time, it's not going to be a uh, an issue. I think that I think that people, stores should probably stick with one set because then you don't have to worry about it. I could see if you're doing, yeah, I I could see if you're doing like a a sealed on the regular, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, this is going to be age of age of ascension. Uh, sure. age of ascension. You know, oh, we're going to do Call of the Archons. And, and honestly, as stock kind of starts to dry up of, of uh, Call of the Archons, 
that because I mean they're not going to print that set forever. I would imagine like they're going to probably stop printing these sets, but they're definitely not saying you can no longer use these decks uh, yeah. in in tournament play. Uh, especially seeing as there's going to be obviously like legacy card crossover over time. Uh, I, I just don't see them continuing to. I mean, I would imagine they're still printing Call of the Archons now. So I'm not saying like the stock is completely gone and, and you're never going to get a Call of the Archon right. deck ever again. But yeah, I agree. Like, I think over time it's just going to be like, well, we're only ordering Age of Ascension. These are the only decks we have in stock. That's why that would happen. But I, if, I would imagine if someone like some store owner was creative and they were running a game, you know, they were running a sealed event. They're like, hey, we're going to run a mixed sealed and you know you come in you choose the pack that you want when you buy like when you come in and if you didn't get here in time to get your call of the archon packs well yeah sorry buddy like you're gonna get a age of age of ascension instead or the other way around you know hey we ran out of age of ascension we got some call of the archons but we still want you to participate in this so here's your call of the archon stack yep makes sense uh, i'm hoping that this print run is much much bigger um because it's just annoying like every store if almost in the state it seems uh isn't getting uh, like doesn't have packs yeah it seemed like at captain con two boxes got brought uh by one vendor uh day one they sold out almost immediately and yep. then day two by the time i got to them which is admittedly a little bit earlier or earlier on in the day or later on in the day like, i think i probably went over there around like noon and they still had like eight decks left so but that was also like peak tournament time, so I think that the the tournament play like people who were playing in the miniatures tournaments at the oh right the convention probably yeah. weren't yeah they weren't over there buying uh, stuff so but yeah so I think that does it for us. I mean, we had to like rewrite our whole show notes before we recorded this <laughs> because it was uh it was a bunch of information and we didn't want to wait on talking about. Um, but do you, do you have anything that you want to plug Ryan while we're um, here? Any, not, any new neat things? Uh, not really. Um, no, <laughs> I, All right. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, you can catch up with us on, uh, Facebook and Twitter at keychains pod. Uh, you can, if you want to send us an email, ask us questions, you can always send us an email at keychainspod at gmail.com. Uh, if you actually, want to check us out on our website which is really just bringing you back to the podbean thing uh you can actually just go to keychainspodcast.com and it'll redirect nice. you right now. um lastly now that we finally are on itunes um go there and leave us a five-star review you can try to do six um i haven't been able to get it to work but you know go for it and if, if you can leave a six-star review then that would be super cool just let us know how you did it so that you know we can pass that along uh, but if not, just stick with five stars. That, that's cool, too. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care.